Here's the show that loves to talk about gadgets and gizmos, from A-Logic to Yamaha. Cameras to control panels. You get what I mean. We love talking all things techie. In fact, that's the name of the show. And here is your host, Justin Dawson. Hello, hello, hello. I actually quite like this new music bed and new branding. It's the All Teens Techie Podcast, and wearing a lot of Evixa swag, I'm Justin Dawson. Uh, I thought I would just wear the Evixa swag, just to highlight how much Evixa swag that I got at ISE. Hat, t-shirts, there's a bag over there somewhere. I wonder who gave me all this gear. I can't mention, I can't mention, I can't give away my disclosures. That's an NDA right there. But I thought I'd just... Highlight the Evixa swag that I got at ISE that other people didn't get. Hello, it's just a Dawson. <laughs> I might take off the hat. Oh, yes. Yes, and hat hair. Um, because that's going to just make me feel too hot. How's everyone doing? Welcome to episode 68 of the All Things Techie podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with the program, you can do so by tweeting me directly at Justin or Dawson. Tweet the show at AV Tech Junkies, and we really appreciate if you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and you can watch the visual of this podcast on YouTube as well. That's what, how we do it. I'm feeling so much better. Oh my God, I have recovered from ISE and all the throat infections and everything that was going on, and I feel a bit more energetic, but my heart is broken, listeners from hearing about all the tech cuts that are going on globally. And of course, Ireland, as you should be aware, is a tech giant in itself. And I know a lot of people that have, well, no, let's let's start off with, we've just come back from Integrated Systems Europe in Barcelona. And then you hear about more tech cuts, especially Zoom globally losing a lot of staff and of course, I, I know a couple of people that have been laid off in Zoom as of recently. If you are one of those members of staff and really are struggling, please reach out to the All Things Techie podcast because we do do a segment called Under the Spotlight where I talk to people that work in tech and audiovisual, how they got involved in the tech and audiovisual sector. And hopefully that might help people realize who you are about. So reach out, get in touch with the program. Love to speak with you if if you are on the the lookout for a new job after the loss of um, your job. Tech layoffs, Google, Meta, Twitter, Microsoft, Intel, SAP, De- IBM, Dell, Salesforce. There's been a lot lately. It's been a bad few months for the tech sector after escaping the worst of the macroeconomic downturn that hit most of the business world in the wake of COVID-19. The inevitable finally caught up with tech and the job losses began. There have been warning signs as the COVID boom wore off. It became more apparent that things were going down a little airy. Uh, hiring freezes being implemented, job applicants who had the run of the gauntlet with the tech recruitment process only to have expected to offer fail to materialize or be rescinded at the last minute. Talk of performance improvement plans being implemented at tech companies. All the signals that firms were weighing off some tough decisions. Like, part of me just goes, wow, we're just after doing a massive 
tech event, audiovisual event in Barcelona with over 40,000 people. And then we hear about more layoffs. It's, it's, it's disheartening. It really is. And I really hope that people um, will get jobs. Um, but Simon Coveney, our, our, uh, our government and Simon Coveney said uh, that he thinks the worst has gone now. It, it's going to improve. And talked about tech sectors like Apple uh, recruiting people into, into the new year. I don't know. It's 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 a sad sign that people have been let off in in Zoom, um, especially after <laughs> like I did talks with on stage a keynote speaks with Jane Ross. I just it's you know are all, did all these tech companies hire too many people during the the lockdowns and now it's just balancing the figures now in in tech companies. I don't know. It's a sad sign, and I hope please do reach out to us. Um, well, go moving on from that on a more positive note. We're going to try and start doing weekly episodes of the All Things Techie podcast. So many lined up after uh, ISE, and uh, so there's going to be um some shows like under the spotlight where we're going to talk to people that have been involved in the av industry and tech industry for quite a while and then we're going to catch up with the guys that cycled to barcelona i never caught up with them uh the hashtag we make events uh crew and a lot of them from uh uh creative technologies and uh, ct group and other AV companies that got together and cycled across to Barcelona. How? <laughs> I just want to know how. I didn't get a chance to to meet up with them, but we're going to be doing a show with the We Make Events team, all done for charity. I think that is the most important thing. I think they were nearly up to forty thousand euro, if not more, uh, that's been raised, and I think they. The fundraiser is still open and we'll put it in the podcast show notes as well. We're also going to be talking to Sony during the week. It's quite funny, actually. Sony gave me some NDAs of what's coming out. And uh, then with my schedule at ISE, I never got over to the Sony booth to do the video recording. So I am actually going to be meeting and discussing the new Sony uh, products that's been unveiled at ISE with Kevin Donnelly, who we've had previously on the All Things Techie podcast. So uh, Kevin, being an Irish guy as well, is going to guide me through things as well. Um, that would have been funny if I recorded that over in ISE as well, where two Irish guys get together and talk tech and talk audiovisual. We did that also with Display Note. Yeah, you can listen. The most important thing, listeners, is some of the podcasts weren't made episodes so on our youtube page and also on the all things techie website and also on my personal website justinordawson.com there's going to be an ise page and you can also go to the playlist where i did interviews with different vendors and um, so have a look at that as well um mike blackman was interviewed and said that 2024 it's going to be even bigger with ISE especially the fact that it's a year away and they did two ISEs in the space of six months and yeah there were some problems with 
people getting through the doors and um, being barcoded into the the FIRA on Tuesday and also the taxi problems on Tuesday afternoon. But all that's going to be fixed. Like, he has a great team behind him. And I have to applaud, like, the team that put Integrated Systems Europe together. What, what a team. And, and to do it in six, in six months was absolutely phenomenal. Um, some new audio rooms and demo rooms that's going to be moved into a different hall. Um, content production. Content production was just phenomenal with um, the immersive uh, studios that's, that's going on between Canon and LG and wow all i can say is wow and then of course uh we had disguise as well that you can watch back on our youtube channel that uh did some immersive content production which just blew my mind um i and i think that there's going to be two more halls added um in 2024 so stay tuned for that that that's not an exclusive that's uh mike blackman was talking about that um during the week now so much tech has happened in the past week in Ireland. We have had more uh, problems with hacking in Ireland, um, and, and especially in universities. Uh-oh. Stolen data made available on the dark web, says Munster Technological University. Munster Tech University has confirmed that data from its systems has been made available on the dark web following last week's cyber attack. Uh, Munster Tech had to even close its doors for about two or three days. Uh, no lectures taking place while they uh, tried to figure out what was going on. In a statement this evening, MTU management said it is not possible yet to establish the nature of the data affected or who has been affected. But it has confirmation from the technical advisors and members of the National Cybersecurity Centre that certain data had been accessed and copied from MTU systems during the course of last weekend's ransomware incident and made available on the dark web. However, MTU says its campuses are now due to reopen tomorrow following a week closure in the wake of the cyber attack with classes scheduled to operate in line with existing timetables. The Irish Data Protection Commission has been notified of the development regarding the data being made available on the dark web, according to MTU. The university's forensic experts are continuing to investigate the incident and will be reviewing the nature of the data compromised. While it is not possible at this early stage to fully ascertain the exact nature of all the data, including personal data affected or the identity of all persons affected by this release, we have already commenced the process of notifying those potentially affected in the development of this development, MTU said in a statement. It is it added that anyone potentially affected by the incident should follow the advice of the National Cyber Security Centre. MTTU secured an interim injunction from the High Court on Friday night to prevent the sale, publication, sharing, possession or any use of any illegally obtained data from the MTU systems in the course of the ransomware incident. I found this really, really strange, listeners, that you had to go to the high courts to prevent the sale, publication, possession, or any use of illegally obtained data from MTU systems. It was stolen in the first place. Really? Do you have to get an injunction? Wow. I don't, I'm not a solicitor. I don't understand the legal process. But my thought is they hacked it. It's stolen. 
it's stolen data. Do you actually have to get an injunction? Who knows? Okay, but I feel sorry for MTU um, being hacked. Uh, it, it seems like that's a couple of incidents now with different universities across Ireland. I know the university I work in, it, and of course all the universities in Ireland are very proactive in the security and teaching academic staff and all staff in universities about the importance of cyber security. Some people will think it's over the top, but it seems that like it's maybe an easy target, um, especially a lot of public sector ones where you might think like our health system got hacked just over a year ago and ransomware. And that's down to, I think, bad servers, bad security, old software being used on a lot of devices that weren't upgraded. And um, now universities, yeah, usually they would have up to date software. So the question is, how do they get in? I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not a hacker, but um, I think it's the important thing is for staff at universities to keep on being trained up. And I know that our, our university is very active in that as well. But well, you know, a lot of, a lot of data, you know, you have a lot of courses, you have a lot of financial information and data. Um, but Munster Tech just finished by saying, we wish to reassure our student staff and other persons potentially affected by this update that we're deploying all available resources with the support of our external forensic advisors and the National Cyber Security Centre in the investigation and mitigation on this matter. Really hope that they can put things right um, at Munster Tech uh, in the not so distant uh, future. Um, this is a, a fascinating one uh, that I was even talking to uh, Chuck Espinoza after ISE by WhatsApp uh, talking about um, cameras and security on Chinese cameras and are they watching us? Are they watching us? I don't know. But uh, concerns have been raised about the CCTV camera system that is used, uh, made by a company linked to Chinese Communist Party being used in the house of the Oireachtas. That's one of our state houses here in Ireland. A human rights group has sent a letter this weekend to highlight the qualms of the use of Hikvision surveillance cameras inside and outside Leinster House in Dublin. That is our government building. Hikvision has been banned in several Western jurisdictions and institutions because of security concerns. This week, Australia removed hundreds of the firm's cameras from its defence sites due to issues relating to national security. In November, the US government said it was banning telecommunications um, and video surveillance equipment from several uh, prominent Chinese brands, including Hick Vision, uh, in an effort to protest its co communications network. Security cameras made by Hick Vision were also banned from British government buildings in November. In a letter to the Oireachtas Commission this weekend, along with its potential party leaders, the Irish Council for Civil Liberties, ICCL, raised concerns about the Chinese Communist Party being a controlling stake vision in Hick Vision. Uh, stakeholder in Hickvision rather, and it said its devices in Italy and said its devices in Italy had sent data back to China. Wow! In an addition to the risk that cameras inside the Rockets may be reporting back to China, security researchers regularly find 
new security vulnerabilities that allow hackers to seize full control of various types of PIC vision cameras, said the ICCL's technology fellow, Dr. Chris Shershak. Uh, hackers can record what the cameras see and potentially what the cameras hear. Um, ICCL has directly observed HIC vision cameras inside the Oroctus buildings and about its grounds. The cameras are positioned at locations where they can capture videos of TDs, senators and staff and their private conversations. They may also capture what is said. The ICCL has also said that HIC vision has implicated in grave human rights violations against uh, Muslims in the Chinese province of uh, Zhejiang uh, claims that the company has previously denied. The council has asked whether a security risk assessment, human rights risk assessment and data protection impact assessment were carried out on the use of HIC vision cameras, whether the assessments will be made public and whether the houses of the Oireachtas Commission will now urgently remove all HIC vision cameras and equipment. Uh, Minister Justice for Justice Simon Harris told uh, uh, this week's politics on RTE, our state broadcaster, that he was quite sure that the authorities in Leinster House take the security of the National Parliament very seriously. Um, Hickvision has been contacted for comment and hasn't made any comments yet. But uh, I was I was actually talking to uh, Chuck Espinosa about this, and uh, you know my thought is like, surely you can see what's going through. Uh, your servers you know if if you're a good it security team you would be able to see that it's sending data out to china but apparently there's a lot more to it than that um and we i, I think it's some topic that we have to revisit on all the techie uh podcasts where we talk about it security and hick vision cameras and are they transmitting are chinese cameras dangerous to own are mobile phones with these type of cameras dangerous tone well you say when it's linked to certain governments agencies over in china it does put that big question mark in place watch this space we're going to come back to talking about those type of cameras and security in an upcoming episode of the all things techie podcast now chat gpt and bing and browsers and AI, it's getting more and more popular um, and people are hearing more and more about chat GPT and is it the future of AI giving us answers to things and do we really need a browser in the future? Well, Google trialed its own AI chat box called Bard after success of chat GPT. Um, Google uh, is releasing its own artificial intelligence chat box called Bard as a response to the huge success of Microsoft-backed chat GPT, which was also brought out on Bing, the browser. Um, does anyone use Bing? Okay, a lot of people use Google. I, I use Chrome. Um, the company also adding the technology behind Bar to Google search engine to enable complex queries such as whether the guitar or piano is easier to learn to be distilled into digestible answers. Bard will be released to special produced product testers on Monday. Well, Bard was produced to uh, product testers on Monday and made more widely to the to the public in coming weeks. Like ChatGPT, Bard is powered by its so-called large language model in Google's case called La Lambda. Uh, large language AI models such as Lambda 
and the one behind GPT are types of neural networks which mimic the underlying architecture of the brain and computer form. Actually, talking about Google, they had an amazing uh, booth at ISE and uh, I have to follow up with some of the developers. Now, it wasn't Google themselves. Google have, you know, support the whole development of different entrepreneurs, but one was two wine glass, two wine bottles rather. And all you had to do was pick up the wine bottle and it had a, a small little disc on the bottom of the wine bottle and knew as soon as you picked it up on the display in front of me, it told me what year the bottle was, um, what wine it was, where it came from. And I thought, wow, this is phenomenal. This is just like the opportunities of what you could actually do. Like you could have that in a shop. Um, you know, customer comes in, wants to buy a bottle, picks it up. It's the little disc and it tells you all about what what the wine is or any type of product for that nature. I thought it was fantastic. I did get the contact details. We hope to have that developer on All Things Techie in the not so distant future. But going back to Google and ChatGPT, um, ChatGPT has become a sensation after public release in November, creating all kinds of credible content from academic essays to poem and job applications. According to analysts, it has hardly it's already reached a hundred million users. Um, but Alphabet shares dive by one hundred and forty-four billion dollars or a hundred US billion dollars um, after a factual error spouted by Google's AI chatbox during the week. Uh, an uninspired presentation on the chatbox called Bard combined with longtime competitor uh, Microsoft launching an attack on the dominant search engine saw parent company Alphabet stock price plummet by 7.7%, which is the equivalent of a hundred billion US dollars. In an advertisement for Bard, the bot is asked, what discoveries from the James Webb Space Telescope can I tell my nine-year-old about? A number of answers were given, including one where Bard responds with a suggestions that the telescope was used to take its very first pictures of planets outside the Earth's solar system or exoplanets. However, NASA has confirmed that the first pictures of exoplanets were taken by the European Southern Observatory's very large telescope in 2004. Now, they say that, okay, we were wrong. <laughs> and the AI can be wrong. And they actually have an acronym for when these AI bots are wrong. But sure, you know, the, the AI bots, ChatGPT or uh, Bard are scraping from the internet. So like, even if we use smart devices at home and talk to Alexa or talk to Google, uh, like they, they sometimes say, here is a, a website from, you know, the BBC on how to cook. But we know where it's got that information from, where AI with ChatGPT and with Bard it's not telling where you got the information from. They're just scraping this information. Uh, there's no reference to it. It's, you know, it's as good as the new version of Wikipedia. So, but the plummet by 7.7%. .7 and they're saying the reason being 
is because the AI bot that Google created, like Bard, wasn't ready. A Google spokesperson said the error highlighted the importance of rigorous testing uh, process, something that we're kicking off this week in our trusted tester program. We'll combine external feedback with our own internal testing to make sure Bard's responses meet a high bar for quality, safety, and groundedness. Groundedness. That's hard to say. In a real world of information, the spokesperson said. The stock drop marked the steepest one-day decline since October when an Alphabet earnings report disclosed a slowdown in digital ad revenue that rattled investors. Those concerns have been escalated since another report released last week revealed that Google's ad sales during the holiday season quarter fell from the same time in the previous year. Um, And is this Microsoft's campaign for search engine dominance? Google's presentation for Bard contrasted the much more polished and well-reviewed showcase of Microsoft's plans to incorporate the already popular chatbox ChatGPT into its Bing search engine. By contrast, Microsoft shares were 0.5% after the announcement. It's not the end of the world for Google and Microsoft is going to eat its lunch in search center for financial research and analysts, CFRA analyst Angelo Zingno said. Google has been focusing on AI for the past six years, but has been cautious about how it uses technology in a search engine that holds roughly about 90% share in the internet market. So is this is this Microsoft making a comeback? I don't know, listeners. It's, you know, it's hard to say. I don't, <laughs> I'm not fond of the other search engines. I, I like using Google. I'm, I'm a, I use Google and, uh, it's hard. It's hard hitting to say, think that Google lost that much. But on another basis, Google Maps search with live view is coming to Barcelona, Dublin and Madrid. Uh, last Wednesday, the company also showed off some of its latest search advancements. Last September, Google began rolling out search with live view, a feature within Maps that adds the search functionality to the app's augmented reality layer. At the time, the feature was only available if you found yourself in London, Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, Paris, or Tokyo. Google, during the week, announced it's bringing a search with live view to Barcelona, Dublin, and Madrid with com- in the coming months. The company is also greatly expanding the availability of live view with indoor locations. Google said last Wednesday that it's bringing the functionality to more than 1,000 new airports, train stations, and malls across cities like Barcelona, London, Madrid, Paris, and Singapore. The expansion will take place over the next few months. Don't forget, if you want to get in contact with the All Things Techie podcast, you can tweet me, Justin Dawson, at Justin or Dawson. We um, are also have a tweet handle for the show, which is at AB Tech Junkies. And don't forget, you can like and subscribe on all the places where you get your podcasts. And if you want to watch the visual of the program, you can visit www.allthingstech.ie for all the information. And we are also on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel um, and you can watch back to previous episodes. And we have a full playlist of what happened at ISE 2023. Now, there's been a lot of drone activity around Dublin Airport in the past week, week and a half, which even included flights being cancelled because, again, people were flying drones into the airport. Um, A lot of questions about why are 
drones being allowed to be flied into uh, the airport in Dublin. Um, now, I live quite close to Dublin Airport, and you know what? If you were lived in a residential house nearby or even parked up nearby, you could easily fly a drone into Dublin Airport. It is illegal, of course, and it could interfere with flights that are taking off and landing, but it is quite accessible. Uh, but surely there is some technologies that can be put in place to stop drones from flying into airport areas. And usually, even when you buy a drone, like I know on my drone, the map features won't let me physically fly the drone into into Dublin airport surroundings. So I don't know how this guy actually did it, but a man has been charged with interfering with aviation operations after the drone was flown uh, near Dublin airports during the past few weeks. Flight operations were suspended for half an hour at Dublin airport on the evening of Tuesday, the 24th of January. Two flights were diverted following reports of drones flying into the area. It is illegal to fly drones within five kilometres of the airport. Yesterday, detectives based in Dublin Airport who have been investigating the incident arrested Eric Brills from Hollywell Dale in Swords. That's just up the road from me in North County, Dublin. The 50-year-old appeared before Dublin District Court this morning, charged under the Air Navigation and Transport Act with unlawfully and intentionally interfering with the operation of air navigation facilities at Dublin Airport by operating a drone in the 300-metre critical area, which is likely to interfere with safety of aircraft flight on the Knoll Road of Clocklin, which is close to uh, Dublin Airport, which is literally adjacent to Dublin Airport on the 24th of January. The offence carries a penalty of up to life imprisonment with no provision in the legislation for suspended sentence or probation to be imposed. Uh, Garda Enda Ledward said the accused made no reply to the charge. There was no objection to bail, but Mr Brills was released on five conditions, including that he does not fly drones in the state, that he surrenders his passport and that he signs on weekly at his local Garda station. Uh, Judge Theresa Kenley remanded him on bail. The court was told that Garda are waiting directions from the Director of Public Prosecutions on the case and that Mr Brills could face further char charges. He's uh, due to appear in court on the 14th of April. I really don't understand how he was able to actually fly the drone into the surroundings of Dublin Airport. And hopefully we will put uh, protocols in place to stop those type of flights. This is the Old Team Stecky podcast. And finally on this podcast, eight signs, telltale signs that you are a tech dinosaur. And you know what? I actually say guilty on a couple of these. Number one, you wear... Hey, you have a leatherette wallet for your smartphone. No, I'm not that bad. I actually have just a plastic case for my smartphone. But, you know, I can say that members of my family have used leather cases for the smartphone. Um, you have a polite telephone voice for Alexa. You're, you've got an Amazon Echo um, to replace your clapped out kitchen radio and you use a posh voice. I'd, I'd, I don't want to call it posh. I, I, you know, I use the default voice on Alexa. Um, using your forefinger to, instead of your thumb for texting. No, I'm not that bad. I do use both thumbs. Uh, but I have seen people that use their, their index finger while typing a text message. Uh, using an ancient email address 
just as you were getting over the annoyance of your IOL.ie, wow, I remember, Internet Online, IOL.ie, or Oceanfree.net. Uh, that was another internet provider in Ireland. Uh, email addresses ha- have been cancelled over the p- past, past few years. Um, and then people paying to use the email address aircom.net. And we talked about the fact uh, that aircom.net was, um, they lost a load of customers' accounts at the end of 2022. Uh-uh. And they weren't able to retrieve, retrieve the information. Double uh-uh. Um, or your old Hotmail address also seems to have faded away somewhere. Remember Hotmail? Yeah, Hotmail. Yeah, I remember Hotmail, which changed over to Outlook and Microsoft's new plans, uh, but <laughs> or Yahoo email uh, as well. Does people still use Yahoo email? Do you have a Yahoo email address? You're old, you're a dinosaur. Um, I had a Hotmail address for quite a while as well um, when I was a student until I got a Gmail account. And then, of course, my business accounts all ran through Gmail. Um, I am a Google user. There's the plug there. Um, You'd like to open a sparkling new Gmail address but can't find uh, anyone to switch to your, your aircom.net contacts over. <laughs> That's the joke. Um, you still have one of the first iPads. I actually do have one of the first iPads that my kids actually still use. Yeah. And it has a big crack in it. But you know what? If you can get YouTube kids on it and it works, hey, it it's, it's, good, it's good enough for them. Um, your collection of CD-ROMs. I don't have a collection of CD-ROMs. I do have a collection of CD music. And I recently decided that doesn't, there's a, this magical thing called Spotify that you can actually stream any song that you want over and over again. And I thought, maybe it's about time that I got rid of my CDs. But see down here, listeners, down in the rack. I actually have a dual CD players in that rack. I don't know why. I need to get rid of them at some stage. But it's retro. But do you know what? One of my neighbours only recently asked me, could I convert some mini DVDs um, onto a di- into a digital format? Yes, as in cloud format. That she had videos of their kid- her kids when they were young, now turning into preteens and teenagers. And do you know what? I have because I didn't dump it out, a DVD player, Blu-ray DVD player that can have the mini DVDs and I will be able to convert them uh, using a HMI encoder. And I have family tapes, VHS tapes that I will be converting in the not-so-distant future. So yes, this presenter is turning 40 this year in May. I'll give that as a plug in case you want to send me any presents. This presenter is turning 40 in May. And uh, I do count myself as maybe a bit of a digital dinosaur because I still have to convert those VHS types. And surprisingly, listeners, I contacted a a company in North County, Dublin, asking would they convert the VHS types for me because I thought I wouldn't be able to get the components. And there's a six-month turnaround. So these places that convert VHS types and old tapes into digital format have a waiting list so it is it is in demand uh so there you go uh i don't have a collection of cd roms i did have a collection of cds so uh 
Refusal to throw out your 1995 stereo. It may be gathering dust in the attic, but any day now, you might power up your old hi-fi separate stereos. You spent about a hundred, a thousand punts on it, which is uh, Irish pounds at the time. Damn it, so it's not going to be discarded. Besides, a friend read that you can connect a small spark speaker to it and use it as a high-powered Alexa. That, there's a joke. Your TV is in the corner. Well, you know what? My TV is in the corner because this is a converted attic and I don't have space to put it anywhere else. But it's a 65 inch and it is in the corner. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the joke is you have finally replaced your Philips 32 inch. That's no offense to Philips. Uh, 32 inch telly. But the Walker 40 inch model occupies the same weird angle in the corner of the sitting room. Placed on that shiny wood or grey plastic TV console unit. Which can't be thrown out because it houses your DVD player. No, my DVD player is in a box here, storage box beside me here. Uh, the 65-inch uh, Android TV that I won at LTSMG last year is in the corner, simply because I don't have wall space in this attic uh, to place it anywhere, unless I put it behind me here, uh, which wouldn't really work as a, as a backdrop for the Old Teen Stecky podcast. That is all for me, Justin Dawson. Thank you for tuning in to episode 68 of the Old Teen Stecky podcast. We will be back weekly. We're going to be doing weekly programs from now on with All Teens Techie. If you want to get in contact with the program, please tweet me at abtakejunkies is the show uh, handle on Twitter. Uh, my own personal Twitter handle is at Justin or Dawson. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. From me, Justin Dawson, thanks for listening and uh, goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to All Things Techie Podcast. Part of the Extreme Media Network. Follow us on Twitter at AV Tech Junkies. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch our show on YouTube by visiting youtube.com forward slash at Justin underscore or underscore Dawson. Previous episodes of our show can be found on our official site www.allthingstech.ie For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie